0: Good morning, man. I am uh, I'm thrilled to be here, thrilled to see a little waterfall out of the sky, and uh, and you guys, you guys, um, y'all y'all pump me up. This this is exciting uh, for me every week to get to be with you, and uh, I I think I think that that's contagious. Uh, I feel like everyone uh, who's here wants to be here, and that's that's really neat. That's a, very, that's a very neat thing. I know that sounds silly, but I, I, just, I just love that. Um, we are heavy-handed on volunteers. Our, at, 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 at this church, we have a very small staff, and uh, everything is done through volunteers. And you guys do an incredible job showing up. We want to honor you and uh, just get together and hang out. December 10th, we have our volunteer Christmas party. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I hope that you will come. If you're not a volunteer, uh, you will become one later, okay? So uh, I, I hope that you will come and join us for that. It's a pretty neat deal. So that's December 10th. Mark your calendars for that. Uh, Six o'clock will be there. Um, I want to get closer to God. Anybody want to get closer to God? Yeah. we have been talking about this for a few weeks now, and, and this is the goal. This is the goal to be to be close. I want to experience the Lord, and I want you, I want you to do that. Uh, this, this is encouragement for you to be here. It is life for us to get together and talk about the Lord, but you do not need me to hear from God. In fact, there will come a time if you continue to pursue the Lord that this will not be your main course for the week. This will be more of a dessert. It will be your time spent on your knees in prayer and reading the Word when you are the closest to God. And I assure you that He will speak to everyone here indiscriminately. He will speak to you. Now, there's the goal, right? We've been talking for a couple weeks sort of how this happens. Uh, today is no different. Very important, what we're talking about today. Extremely simple extremely simple, uh, but if you will take this to heart, it will help you in you getting closer uh, to God. I'm in Galatians chapter 6. We've been in Galatians for a while now. I'm in Galatians chapter 6. Verse 6 is where I will begin. If you want to turn in your Bibles, awesome. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Nobody expected you to walk in here a scholar today, okay? In fact, if you don't have one, we have them outside. Uh, we, I, brought in, I brought in 300 Bibles this morning. 300 more. I don't know how many thousands we've given away here, but it is an absolute joy for us to give you a Bible. So as you leave today, we have those for you. Please, please, please take one. All we ask is that you read it. Write down. I'm actually going to give you some things uh, this morning that I would like for you to go home and read. Interesting things. You will not find this boring. Uh, you say, I'm not a good reader. I don't. It doesn't keep my interest well. This will. Okay, I want you to write this down. I want you to go home and read these things uh, today. But we're in Galatians 6. All the scriptures on this screen, okay? We're in the New Testament, which is, your Bible is, it's one book, but it's actually a library of 66 books. The first 39 books are the Old Testament, and then the last 27 books are the New Testament. That's where Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, shows up. That is our New Testament, our new law, our new covenant that we are under, okay? And uh, so anyways, here we go, Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 through 10, just four verses here. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you, show us these things. Speak into our hearts. Amen. Here we go. Verse, I said Galatians 6, starting in verse 6, but I am starting in verse 7. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of the faith. There are two parts to you. There is your flesh, your vessel, the container, and within that container is your spirit. Some of you, your vessel is broken, okay? But that spirit that is inside of you is still young as ever. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Right? It is outliving living the vessel, the container that it is in, and it is supposed to be that way. That is without age. It is hard for a man to understand a world without time, but imagine that. Your spirit is still timeless, Regardless of how old you are in here, what is inside of you still fills all the passion, all the desire, all the burning. It's just the stupid vase is cracked. You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) Apparently, apparently, you don't have a pinched nerve this morning. But if we sow... To the flesh we will reap things of the flesh if we sow to the Spirit, this timeless thing that will live beyond this world. When the Father comes to harvest us, to take us, it is not, praise God, my flesh that he will take. It is my Spirit that he will take. That is what is timeless within me. That is what is not subject to chaos and entropy within me. My spirit is what he will take, okay? So when I sow, well, what does that mean? So when I plant seeds according to the flesh, according to the desires of my flesh, because I assure you, preacher or not, my flesh And my spirit desire two completely different things. Can I get an amen? Good. I don't feel alone this morning. And so when I sow to the desires of my spirit, what grows looks completely different than when I sow according to the desires of my flesh. Y'all smell what I'm stepping in this morning? Okay. When we sow seeds to the spirit, that's what we reap. And what's funny is we often sow to the flesh expecting to get a harvest for the Spirit and we're surprised when we don't. I know this sounds really oversimplistic, but it's just as simple as that. And why am I not closer to God by now? Well, let's look at last week's calendar. What spiritual things... Did we sow? Can we really be surprised that we're not closer to God? Closer. I want to be closer. I want to reap things of the Spirit. Okay, but what am I sowing? And for many of you, hallelujah, praise the Lord, you are in a season of life for the first time. You are sowing things of the Spirit. I commend you for that. And you are getting those things. Praise God. We have that testimony in this place, but for all of us, this is a struggle, okay? What you set out to plant and what you plant may be two different things. Does that make sense? What you set out to plant and what you actually plant may be two different things. I'm going to try to show you this this morning, but let me say this. What you intended to plant and what you planted are not the same thing. Your intentions will not grow. The seeds that you plant will grow. Let me say that again. Regardless of what you intended to plant, it is the seed that you actually plant that will grow. Can you help me with this? Thank you so much. I need this as well. Now, I have symbolically a pot, and we plant into this. And this can represent your life, or maybe this could represent the life of someone that you are sowing seeds into. For example, my children, right? so this is just, this, this covers everyone. It doesn't matter if you have children. It doesn't matter your age. You may be in college right now. You can extrapolate this into your own life. I have seeds that I intend to sow and seeds that I sow. Because, let's face it, some, some preacher gets up and often in a plaid shirt for some reason and says... Hey, do things of the spirit. Do things of the spirit. You need to be spending time with God. Do things of the spirit. And and here's your here's your initial reaction because it's mine too. Like, have you ever heard of a job? You know, I mean it's 24 hours in a day. I spend eight of that sleeping. Yeah, right. You're you're perusing TikTok. But let's say, let's say you spend eight hours of that sleeping, and then another eight hours. <clears throat> like anybody can live on eight hours a day, another eight hours at work, and let's just say you have to prepare a couple meals, maybe you have to do laundry, maybe you have to clean some dishes. My gosh, there's time for an episode of Seinfeld at best. Come on. I get the time restraint. I really do. If you know my life, if you know my wife, my gosh, that woman will keep me busy. She is into everything. And it's awesome. (laughs) And it's busy. It's awesome. (laughs) No, she's she's the joy of my life. But man, we just have so many things going on. I understand. I understand. Because what happens is I have I have these children and I love them and, and I have a lot of seeds that I intend to plant. But what we found when they were young was that, you know, I need to read to them. I need to be showing them things. Let me, let me, let me, I got too big of a bag. But but if I could just turn on Barney, it'd give me a break. Barney's not evil. Do you know the guy who played Barney was actually a Christian? Went on to make Balls is a, a totally Christian show. Nothing evil, but you know, if I can, if I can just do that for a minute, and then I end up planting that seed, and then at some point, possibly, maybe, like if this would ever happen, we create almost an addiction that kids will absolutely yell at you if they don't get their show right. So that maybe, maybe they get a little older, and, and I have a lot of things that I intend to do with my kids, and I intend to invest in them, but the hours of their life are spent. This is mine, by the way. And so, so we plant that seed. And then as my kids grow, are you extrapolating this into your own life right now? Cause I'm just I'm being vulnerable here, okay? So, and then maybe, maybe, man, we really need to, hey, we can't be missing church, and 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 we've really got to grow in the Lord as a family, and I only have so much time in the evenings, and so guess what we're gonna do? Ha ha! We're gonna play ball. Nothing wrong with a little football. need to. You need, we, we need to do this. But I don't have time for much, but. That ends up being the seed that I plant. And then, you know, this is a problem. I spend most of my time making what goes in here, right? And so all the while showing my children that when it comes down to it, everything must be sacrificed for what I have to do to feed us, and, 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 and that's in part true, but all the time I intended to pull out of this bag, I just never got around to it, and it stays in the bag, and then we have a nation that grows up never planting the seed of the gospel and going, oh, I can't wait. This kid's going to be the next Billy Graham, going to be the next Mother Teresa. Never planted that seed. Why would we possibly, why would we possibly think that a seed that we did not plant is going to grow? Forget the kids for a second. Maybe that's that's my own life. I just want to get closer to God. That's what I want to grow. The harvest that I want to get is a relationship with my father. Yet, what seeds do I plant? Because it is the same for you. This may be the seed that you intend to plant, But if you do not plant it, it will not grow. My intentions do not make a harvest. Okay? So I understand full well the reality of time constraints. But I also understand full well... that I make time for the things that I want to make time for. So I cannot expect a seed that I don't plant to grow. Seeds grow, intentions do not. It's way too quiet in here, let's move, okay. I want to work with this seed thing. I've actually never done this before. I'm going to give you sort of a synopsis of an entire chapter. I told you I was going to give you something to write down. Matthew chapter 13 is what I want you to write down. Uh, Jesus gives some parables. Most all of the parables in Matthew chapter 13 revolve around a seed. I cannot read all of it to you for a time constraint. I cannot read all of it to you, so I'm going to tell you what these parables say. So I especially want you to go home and read these and get this for yourself. Always take this over me, okay? I am your cheerleader to read this. You receive from the Lord, okay? But I want to give you a synopsis of three different parables, three different parables of the seed in one chapter. And the reason I want to do all three rather than really just hone into one is because I want you to see sort of a theme. Because we're going to be talking about seeds, you want to get closer to God, so you have to plant seeds where the harvest is the closer to God fruit, okay? That doesn't work very well, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, I want you to learn three things about seeds through these parables. The first one is in Matthew chapter 13, starts in verse 3. We call this the parable of the sower, okay? And and basically, here's what it says Seeds need good soil. Seeds need good soil. Now, in a parable, you get to put yourself in there. However, Uh, you have to first place God in his position, okay? So it says that a farmer went out and he cast seeds on all types of soil. And there was a path, and the path wouldn't receive the soil, so that seed was snatched away because the ground was too hard. And then there was a place where there were too many rocks, and there was a place where there were too many thorns, and then there was good soil. And four different types of soil. And so the seed is the gospel, the one who plants the seed, Uh, yes, that is the Lord, uh, but He works through us. You guys are seed planters. Someone has planted a seed into your life as well. Today, hopefully, I'm planting some seeds as well. But the soil, that is where you come in. And seeds need good soil to grow. And so, we find where where, where there were rocks... The seed couldn't catch root, and we can debate on whether or not that seed ever actually grew and became a Christian, okay, but that is not a discussion for today. Um, It was taken away because there were rocks, and we found that thorns will grow faster than wheat sometimes, and so they grow and choke out the seed. But the one who had tilled the soil, who had cut the thorns, moved the rocks, had a bountiful harvest. That is you. You are doing that today. You are here today trimming weeds and tilling out rocks. You are here today getting a rock of forgiveness and a rock of uh, indulgences and all all these rocks and out of these thorns out of your garden. You are getting them out of your soil. I commend you for showing up to church today. Some of you are watching online. Thank you for watching online. You are tending that garden today. You need good soil. You have to keep breaking the soil. This is not a new thing. In Hosea, this is Old Testament. God said in Hosea 10:12, sow righteousness for yourselves and reap faithful love. Break up your unplowed ground. It is time to seek the Lord until he comes and sends righteousness on you like the rain. He's told us all along. You are soil. In fact, so much so that the first two humans were Adam and Eve. Adam, Adam, do you know what his name means in Hebrew? Soil, dirt, okay? And so um, ladies are like, that makes sense. <laughs> Dumb as dirt, Adam, men. You're not wrong, ladies. Okay, we are rocky, rocky. Soil, we have rocks. There are so many rocks that it is hard, especially for our youth, for our children. I think this is the hardest time it's ever been to be a teenager. I think this is the first generation where all the rest of the generations are like, you win, you've got it the worst. Why? Because there's so many rocks. However, if I... Told you today if I asked you to list the rocks that there are for our next generation and what is it that keeps them from growing in the Lord, I think I would get answers like, well, we took prayer out of school. I think I would get answers like, well, our politics are just so corrupt it's hard for anything to grow right now. We have universities that are just teaching against God all the while. And, and all of these, okay, yeah, yeah, these are all legitimate things. But let me pop your balloon for just a moment. There's a chart. Can I get that chart up on the screen here? This is going to be very difficult for you to read, but these are the top 20 countries where Christianity is growing. 11 of those are Muslim-majority countries. None of those are the United States. Do you know what all of these have in common? None of them have prayer in school. All of them have corrupt politics. All of them have, all of them have universities that are against your God. All of them have a culture where it is not socially acceptable to be a Christian. And the church is growing here leaps and bounds above what it is growing in our own country. So apparently, the rocks that are being mentioned are the rocks in our own hearts, not just the rocks in our culture. Eleven of them. are Muslim-majority countries where you may lose your family, you may lose your job, you may be literally physically hurt for becoming a Christian. You know the number one country right now, so I'm told? And This is not in this chart. This is what I've been hearing lately, and I could not believe it. I've seen it from multiple sources and heard it from others who have uh, apparently experienced it. The number one place where the church is growing right now, I didn't say where the church is largest. I said where it is growing the most right now. Anybody have a guess what country? Iran. Iran. Apparently, if the church can thrive and grow in Iran... We can do it here. Yes, I don't like I don't like any of those. I, I don't like any of those things. I, I don't like that we have a culture that is getting further away from God. I don't like any of those things. I don't like how much people are, 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 are bullied or online or pressured online or any of those things. But do you understand how much more difficult it is for all 20 countries that are growing? And we are in decline, apparently those rocks are in your own, own heart, not just in your culture. Keep in mind, now you could, thank you, the U.S. is not the fastest growing, the U.S. is not even growing. So if you are modeling, if you want to get closer to God, yet you are modeling your life after the typical U.S. life, that means you are modeling after failure. Does that make sense? This is not a doom and gloom thing. I'm just saying, if you want to get closer to God, but you look like the U.S., (laughs) but you look like what we see as normal, we are not planting Seeds and, and do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Do you understand that ex- that planting seeds of unrighteousness, especially now, all the things that I use were very mild because I didn't want to bring up things really that are that are destructive things. <laughs> but if we plant seeds of destruction but expect God to believe to, to bless it. Do you understand that God sees that as us mocking him? He's literally angered by that. So, seeds need good soil. We got work to do. Let me just give you some advice. This is from me, okay? If you don't like this, put it in your cup, test it, Throw it out if you don't like it. I'm fine with that. You say, that's overwhelming, pastor. There's so many things. That's overwhelming. I don't even know what I could do. Hey, just play offense for a little bit. As you can sit around going, hey, what all do I need? to? And yeah, man, we need to kick things out of our life. Absolutely. But instead of worrying about all the things that you're doing wrong, think about Jesus and run to him. And you'll find that you lose the desire for some of those other things. Just run towards Jesus. If that seems overwhelming to you, till the soil, till the soil, till the soil. Just run to Jesus, okay? Just just set this on top of your phone when you charge your phone at night. No phone until Jesus, okay? Whatever it takes. Just play offense. Run to Jesus. Second parable is this. Seeds produce more of the same. You'll find that about seeds. (laughs) See, there is a parable... Called the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And what happens in this parable is uh, an owner, a landowner, sends his servants out. That's God sending you out to plant seeds. The seeds are almost always the gospel, okay? And so they plant the seeds, but then the enemy comes and plants seeds, a bunch of them, right in the middle of the good seeds that were planted. And so they find out and they say, Oh, Master, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to go pull up these weeds? And he says, no, because if you pull up the weeds, you will harm the good plants. God, why won't you just take away all the... Because if he pulls up the weeds, he will harm the good. And so they continue to water. They continue to fertilize. They continue to care to care for their crops. And the Bible says that God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. And so we have... Weeds among the wheat. But here's the other reason he tells them not to pull the weeds. Is because do you know that a lot of weeds, when they are among the wheat, some of your Bibles will use the word tares, some of these weeds are indistinguishable until it comes time to produce fruit, to produce grain. You can't tell the difference. So as Christians, we don't judge people. We leave the harvesting to God. God, that is your business. My job is to fertilize, to water, to cultivate, to love. You deal with all that. Okay? But here's what you've got to see. Okay, what has been planted by me, and now that it is growing, what is it producing what is it producing here's my question i, I don't want i don't i don't want to get too too deep into this but do you like you we have all had seasons where the most difficult thing that you could possibly do is open this Because I've gotten so far from the Lord that I man, I just know he's gonna just strike me dead if I open this. The most difficult thing that you could do is actually meet one-on-one with Jesus. Because I don't want to face him. Right? We've all been there, and I completely understand. But Look at the seeds that you have planted. What is it producing? Because the seeds that God has us plant produce righteousness. Does that mean popularity? (laughs) No, no, no. But can you meet with God with a clear conscience? Can you meet with God? and, And like King David say, test me, try me. Look into my heart. The last thing we want to tell God is look into my heart if we're not sowing seeds of righteousness. Look at what you're producing. It doesn't always mean healthy, wealthy, and wise. Prophet Jeremiah had no converts, and he wrote a book called Lamentations. In other words, crying. And the last time we see him in the Bible, he walked off into the desert weeping. But he was faithful to God till the end. He could meet with the Lord. He couldn't meet with anybody else, but he could meet with the Lord. Can you meet with the Lord? Look at the harvest from your own fruit. Third thing is this. The seed of the gospel is no ordinary seed. This is where we serve a supernatural God and the seed that we are planting becomes something altogether different than what we could ever do ourselves. Here's what I mean. The parable says that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And when you plant a mustard seed in your garden, it is the smallest seed that you will plant in your garden. However, mustard comes from a giant tree. And though it is the smallest seed in your garden, it becomes the largest plant in your garden. So much so that I know your garden from a long ways away Because of the one seed that was planted, because of this mustard seed, it takes over, it overwhelms birds, animals, shade is provided. Things find refuge in the strength of this mustard tree. And when the seed of the gospel is planted in your life and it is real and it is not superstition, that is my fear for the United States, that we are just just checking off a box just in case God might be real. When you are closer to God and you get closer to God, that seed that is planted in you becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until this, and some of you are experiencing this for the first time in your life, and I'm so thrilled for you. You go, This is now the distinguishing characteristic of my garden. This is now the biggest plant in my garden. This is overwhelming everything else. People don't even recognize my garden anymore. People are now coming to me seeking shade when before I had to go seek refuge at someone else's garden. This is planted, it grew, and it's just gotten out of hand. It's overwhelmed everything that is there. This is the biggest thing in my life. That is what the gospel does. That's when you know you got the right seed planted. That is how you know you've got it, okay? It is the trademark of your garden, and it is growing. Now, all of our mustard seeds are not at the same size yet, and that does not matter. What matters is that it is growing. What matters is that it is being watered, that it is being cared for, that you care about getting closer to God, that you care about your relationship with Jesus, okay? What matters is that it is growing. You wanna get closer to God. Plant no ordinary seed. Now I showed you a chart earlier. The United States is not something that is growing. And and, and I, I actually kind of tremble to say this because it's, one thing as, as Christians that has no place in our life is judgment on someone else's life. Take care of your own stuff, right? Get the plank out of your eye before you deal with the speck in someone else's eye. But we model our garden off of a garden where there is no tree, where the gospel is not the biggest plant in the garden, where it is not the trademark, where it is not the characteristic, and that is not what your garden is supposed to look like. When the seed of the gospel takes hold and God supernaturally gives you love for other people. It is the biggest thing in your world and if it isn't pursue closeness pursue Jesus As if you're worried about how much you do or don't love people, what you're worried about is how much of God you have in you because God does not bring love, God does not have love, God is love So if you have God, you have love. Worship team, I want you to go ahead and come up. I want you guys to make sure that you are planting seeds of the gospel. We've talked about it for weeks in a row now. What can you do to get closer to God? Well, four things. We say this here all of the time, okay? Here's the four things that I can do to get closer to God no matter where I am on the journey, no matter how old you are, no matter how much you know already or you don't know. Here's four things that you can do. You guys help me out. Number one is I can do what? Pray. Good. Number two is I can do what? Read my Bible. Number three, I can go to church. And number four, I can be the church no matter how far you are along in your Bible you may be a seminary professor just visiting this place today but I promise you if you don't pray read go to church and be the church you will grow more distant this may be your first time in church in your adult life this may be your first time in a long time your first time ever and for you if you will pray read go to church and be the church you will get closer to God It does not matter how large that mustard tree is. It is that it is growing. You may have just planted the seed. Well, get ready, because soon enough it will be the biggest thing in your garden. Church, I'll leave you with this. What are you planting? Because that will grow. I did not ask what you intend to plant. That will not grow intentions don't grow what seeds are you planting i see champions warriors men and women of god in this place today but you have a task that is too big for you you need jesus to fulfill what he has called you to do so you need to be closer to jesus You have people that you need to forgive and you can't do it on your own. You have relationships that need to be mended and you can't do it on your own. You have people to reach and you don't have enough influence. You need someone to pull out of the muck and you don't have the wisdom. You need questions answered and you don't have the knowledge. The only thing that you can do (laughs) is plant the seeds that he will get you there. He has the answer for what you need and the answer is getting closer to God. He will reveal it, he will show it. We serve a supernatural God. And while if you need healed in this place today, we will pray for you. Will he do that? I don't know. We've seen a lot of healings in this place. We've prayed for people who haven't been healed. I don't know. But 100% of the time, people who come in and pursue God find Him. And that's you. Pray with me. Lord, this is your people, this is your crew, this is your children, and we want to be closer to you. God, I want want more. Holy Spirit, we need you. Whatever you have to offer, that's what we want. I want more. God, more more dreams, more visions, more revelation, more prophecy in this place. God, I want people to just have uh, a, such a deep relationship with you. Um, God, that they are growing weekly. And when they come into this place, it is a pep rally for what they're already doing. It is where we gather things together that you have blessed us with uh, throughout the week, God. Lord, I know that there are, there are those in this place that are in here looking for answers today. And the only thing that they've been told is that the answer is 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 in your word and that's still kind of not an answer but Lord it is I pray that you will put that in your heart allow them to meet with you personally speak with you I pray Lord and I know that as you are faithful as we get on our knees to meet with you you will be with us, you will comfort us, you will heal us you will teach us, rebuke, correct and train us I pray that as we open your word you will teach, rebuke, correct and train us Father, be with us as we are on our knees meet with us Holy Spirit, we want to be overwhelmed by your presence God we serve a real living supernatural God, and we want real living supernatural fruit. So God, help us to plant seeds of righteousness, Father. Help us to run hard after you and bless these efforts, God. I know there's days of trial. I know there's days of persecution, but God, I pray that you will carry us through it. Open our eyes like you did Elisha's servant so that we can see what is happening on a supernatural level. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. People are going to come forward with baskets. Part of the way that we worship in this place is through tithe and offerings, so it's an appropriate place to do that. But also, grab your connection card. Throw that connection card in the basket. We want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. uh, We want to talk to you about being baptized, because some of y'all, quite frankly, just need to stop being a coward and come and show everyone that you've given your life to Christ, okay? Uh, So whatever you've got, throw that on your connection card. Put it in the basket, but please stand and worship